off by giving me 15 pieces of chicken, motherfucker. Mix it up, I'm gonna barbecue on my crispy. You getting this all down, chick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want six pieces of corn, and I want, uh, you give me eight spare ribs, you give me, uh, 12 pieces of shrimp, uh, some onion rings. You want tartar sauce or ketchup on those, man? I want tartar sauce. You got any, uh, potato salad? No, we ain't got no potato salad. Look, get away from the games, all right? You ain't got no money, just get away from the games, all right? Man, what you talking about? Yo, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Make sure you get my food. Get it now. And don't be drooling on it, man. And I better not get none of that cat. I want chicken. Here, y'all. Here, y'all go play the game. No offense, man. Uh, but you make sure they get what they want. Now, go ahead, go ahead. Y'all go play them games. Here. Play them games. Here, baby. Here, go play the games. Go ahead. Yo, what's happening with the food, man? What's up? I ain't got all day, man. I'm gonna be 56, 70 total. Did I say I was finished? I want something to drink. Maybe I want some birch beer. You got birch beer? No, we don't have no birch beer. I don't even know what that shit is. You got a root beer? Nah, we ain't got no root beer. Yeah, well, how much is this? 56.90. 56.90? Fuck you very much. Hey, scumbag. Guess what? You're on the You're on the You're under arrest for the murder of Miguel Mata, Salvador Tito, and Rafael Santa Domingo. You have the right to remain silent, so shut the fuck up. What's this, huh? Did you use this on motor? Yeah. Right, same one I'm gonna use on you, Paul. Huh. Laugh now, motherfucker, before the rest of your life, you're gonna be somebody's bitch. Some motherfucker named Buck. But jump down your motherfucking throat! Slap me, give me a motherfucker, I'm gonna slap the black off. Take the cuffs off, motherfucker. Yeah, you're gonna fucking This is the happiest day of my life. You know why? Because we got a real live talking witness. I don't need no witnesses! Hey, you know what's so funny? Niggas think I'm stressed out. Really, I'm just stressed out. Get a triple X style. And she know that I'm cut from a different textile. When you speak about the grace, okay, leave my name out. You know what's so funny? I done made it through the depths, I done made it through the depths And a test and a hex, try to take everything I had I had to make do what was left, that shit taught me to finesse Out the gym, I still ain't pressed, you know what's so funny? Niggas trying to bite me, and they still ain't got no taste You ain't nothing like me, way before I had the brave Niggas tried to ride the wave, you obsessed with another nigga That's just not okay You know what's so funny? Big hit, big shine, hit boy, big bombs Pasadena, Vietnam, always push a hard line Two Toroni on my arm, fresh out, touchdown Nine years on the line You know what's so funny? Niggas think I'm stressed out, really I'm just stressed out Getting triple X'd out, and she know that I'm cut from a different textile When you talk about the grace, okay, leave my name Oh, yeah Oh, boy Let's do this, man, it's your boy King No, man What up, what up, what up, how y'all doing? It's Friday night, you'll probably hear this Saturday morning this is King Known Uncensored. We got new music Fridays for the week of September the 8th. All right, we're going to start off with some light news. You already know what I'm talking about. All right, man. 
So the New Orleans Pelicans announced today that forward slash guard Trey Murphy the third underwent a successful partial uh, meniscus uh, surgery and received a biological injection in his left knee this afternoon. So he didn't fully tear the meniscus. So Murphy is expected to make a full recovery and will return to basketball activities in approximately 10 to 12 weeks. Okay, three months. Not bad, not bad, not bad. So let's see, October, November. So um, early December, maybe mid-December. That's not bad. New Orleans definitely going to miss him, though, but... I think if, you know, if Zion returns and makes a full recovery, I think they'll be all right without Trey. But speedy recovery, I'm glad that he didn't fully tear his meniscus. Oh, man. So, Kendrick Lamar. So the original version of Element, I don't know why the people are saying that this is a new record. This shit is old. Like seriously, y'all. <laughs> like So the original version of Kendrick Lamar Element leaks. And he was dissing He was dissing a lot of cats on this. He was dissing um, Jay Electronica, French Montana, Big Sean. Yeah, man. So, obviously, we know that this version of Element was supposed to be a response to Big Sean's no more interviews where he's insinuating that Kendrick Lamar is overrated. You know, you remember when Big Sean says, I'm just not impressed by you niggas rapping fast who sound like one big asthma attack but trash when I'm rapping it back. Who you putting your five and claim that they the savior of rap? Then he hopped on, then Sean hopped on DJ Khaled's on everything alongside Travis Scott. He definitely subbed him on there. Then, you know, it seemed like Kendrick responded to Sean also on the heart part four. My fans can't wait for me to sun your punk ass and cut your whole little shit. I'll big pun your punk ass. You a scared little bitch. Tiptoeing around my name, nigga. You lame. And when I get it, you homie. Don't tell me that you was just playing. But Big Sean said that Kendrick squashed the beef with him in 2020. When Big Sean on his 2020 record, Deep Reverence, Sean asserted that the beef stemmed from a lack of communication. After what happened to Nipsey, I reached out to Kendrick. It wasn't even no real issues to begin with. Lack of communication and wrong information from people fueled by their egos like 
mixing flames with their diesel. I need the lyrics. Because this is the thing. This is the lyric that I that was on that original version of Element because this is Element because there are elements of Element on the song Element, which is funny that I'm saying this. Big Sean keeps sneak dishing, dissing. I let it slide. I think his false confidence got him inspired. I can't make them respect you, baby. It's not my job. You're finally famous for who you date, but not how you rhyme, boy. Cute ass raps get your puberty up. And then, you know, he talked about French Montana. French Montana speaking on me in interviews. Very cynical. Dry hating is something I don't approve. You know, French Montana was sneak dissing Kendrick in a lot of interviews. Then Kendrick said about Jay Electronica, Jay Electronica threw silences on my Grammy night. Another dead prophet hoping the God to give him life. This was very interesting to find out. I mean, he had something in the chamber, but... You know, maybe throughout that time, he squashed the beef with Big Sean and he might have took those lyrics off out of respect. But that's very interesting. Now, Kai Jones, man, you know, if you're unfamiliar with who Kai Jones is, he is an NBA basketball player who plays for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. And it doesn't look like he going to be on the Hornets for long. Because Kai Jones did a controversial live that had people insinuating that he was on that shit, that he is on drugs because he is, you know, on the live, he sounded incoherent. And allegedly all of the Charlotte Hornets reportedly unfollow Kai Jones after the big man's bizarre Instagram live. I saw that Instagram live. I don't know. Was he incoherent? It sounded like he had a thick accent. Because it looked like he was speaking slurred and sweating profusely and laughing suddenly from time to time possibly indicating that he was under the influence but you know Jones indicates that the team is not going to trade him 
I saw the live. Although he sounded incoherent, it sounded like, you know, he was speaking with an accent. That may be just how he talks. I don't know. But here's the problem, though. Kai Jones hasn't had the success that I thought that he would have because, you know, you're thinking on the Hornets, you know, Miles Bridges is out for the season, you know, with this personal shit going on. And um, that was a perfect opportunity for him to get into the lineup. But, you know, P.J. Washington had the starting spot, you know, because... If you watched his draft tape, you would have thought he would have made an immediate impact on a lottery team. But here's the thing. He was in and out of the G League the whole season. And this upcoming season would be his third season. So by the looks of it, it doesn't look like this dude is going to break through via Charlotte. Now, if a team decides to... You know, take a gamble on him. I think maybe if somebody gets behind him and, and you know, develops him, he could still make an impact in this league. You know, even though I talk all that shit about Killian Hayes, you know, from a te- technical standpoint, this would be like, you know, the year after his senior year in college. You know, he's turning 23. So, you know, a change of scenery, you feel me, could help Killian Hayes. And, you know, there's still some sort of a little bit of hope, but just not on the Detroit Pistons. And I feel like the same situation is going on with Kai Jones. But him going live and doing all that extra shit, But hopefully, uh, Kai Jones gets his shit together. Team USA. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Ah, shit. They didn't win today. They lost in the semifinals to Germany, 113 to 111. I saw the highlights. You know, they show the games like, at weird times, so I didn't catch it. But look at from the looks of it, Germany was seven and zero. Oh. Damn. But let's take a look at the box score. I mean, I've seen some of the highlights. The USA does not have great pick and roll defense. They were getting smoked. Off of the screens and off of the giving goals and off of the pick and rolls. And it didn't seem like USA was playing defense. Not much at all. And here we go again. Jaron Jackson Jr. once again with zero blocks, y'all. Zero blocks. Anthony Edwards carried Team USA once again with 23 points and 8 rebounds. Austin Reeves off the bench, 21 points. 
here's where I got pissed off. Brandon Ingram did not log a minute in this game. They needed Brandon Ingram. Walker Kessler did not log in one minute. They needed Walker Kessler. Uh, Macau Bridges uh, had 17 points of his own. Jalen Brunson at 15. But look at Germany. Dennis Schroeder has 17 points and 9 assists, y'all. Jesus. He went crazy. Whoever this A. Obst guy is, this dude went crazy. He was the uh, shooting guard. He had 24 points on 6 of 11 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3. And they had Josh Hart out there for defensive purposes. And both of the guards went off. Now, Josh Hart had a better game offensively, but that didn't transition well to defense. Because Franz Walkner had 22 points. Daniel Tice had 21 points on 10 of 15 shooting. This is embarrassing. I mean, don't get me wrong. It came down to a possession. But Germany sealed the deal on the USA. And now the best chance of the USA winning anything is bronze. USA is going to get bronze. I mean, but they have to win the game against Canada to get bronze. This is messed up, man. And let's talk about it. We know why Team USA lost today. They did not play Brandon Ingram. But everybody's saying that we sent our best athletes out here. Our best athletes weren't here. You know, I see both sides of the coin. I think if, you know, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, um, Clay Thompson, um, did I say Kevin Durant already? James Harden, um, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I think if uh, Damian Lillard, if those guys would have played like they did, you know, the last Olympics, this would look completely different. But I understand guys like Jimmy Butler, why he would say no. It's like they're not paying these guys enough to do the Olympics. And a lot of these guys, you know, these superstar players are getting paid big bucks from these teams. And a lot of and they don't want to feel like, you know, they got hustled. And then there's another standpoint that I have. These players, especially these superstar players, are not built like the previous superstars. You know, guys like MJ, guys like Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Gary Payton, you know what I mean? Those guys went out there, played 82 games, played in the playoffs, a couple of them in the NBA Finals, a couple players in the NBA Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, whatever, and then went to play the whole Olympics, exhibition games and all. 
These niggas is not built like that. You know, you got guys that don't even play 82 games. Still not going to the Olympics. Let's take a look at the superstars. Let's let's look at the leading scores. Let's look at the leading scores on the NBA, man. That are American-born players because if you if you look at the uh, top five or the top four in the league or whatever, right? You know the top players in the league is Jokic, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and shit. You know those are like top ten guys, top five guys. Gotta look at the games here. Damian Lillard, American guy. We just looking at the leading scores here. Damian Lillard only played fifty eight games this year. Tatum played seventy four. I think you know Tatum could have went and played overseas. Let's see, John Morant got suspended. That doesn't count. John Morant could have played. Could have played. John Morant could have went to the Olympics, bro. A change of scenery that would have been dope, man, to see. Julius Randle's recovering from an ankle injury that wouldn't have worked. De'Aaron Fox could have went and played. He played seventy-three games. Zach Levine wasn't doing shit. He played seventy-seven games. He could have played. Demar Derozan could have played. You know, Jalen Brunson went out and played. Let's see, who else? Yeah, Jimmy Butler played 62 game, 60, 64 games. I think Stephen Curry, I mean, could have played in the Olympics. But, and then here's another reason why the superstars didn't come over there and play. It's not the real Olympics. The real Olympics is not the FIBA World Cup. The real Olympics is in 2024. You don't know who is actually going to play. There are plenty of guys that were better than what we put out there. But the top guys in our game, they don't play 82 games anymore. There, I see Jordan Poole played 82 games. I know Kevon Looney played 82 games, but he's not a superstar. Hell, I think Pool Party could have went out there and balled out with the baddies. But I don't think the actual players selected was the reason why Team USA lost. I think it was Steve Kerr's philosophy not transitioning to the World Cup. Because a lot of these um, foreign teams play basketball like it used to be played. Where it was like the center was not trying to shoot 10 threes attempt 10 threes like the centers and the power forwards play with their backs to the basket 
and the guards, you know, set up the play and, you know, made plays. And I don't think Steve Kerr's formula transitioned well. I feel like they could have started um, Kessler and Jackson together. They needed those two guys. And I think they needed to start Anthony Edwards and Brandon Ingram and Jalen Brunson together. And then let the other guys come off the bench. And that's no disrespect to how good Halliburton and Reeves played. That's not an insult. But I don't think Jaron Jackson should have been the starting center. I think Walker Kessler should have been center and Jackson been the power forward because if you look at Brunson, I mean, he could score 20. You look at Edwards, he could score 20. Bridges can score 20 a game. Halliburton could score 20 a game. Brandon Ingram can score 20 a game. I don't think it was necessarily a lacking of chemistry per se. And then Steve Kerr said this himself. You know, Steve Kerr made some comments about, you know, the uh, foreign teams are catching on. You know, he said it. What this isn't 1992 anymore where the Americans just dominated. He is correct because a lot of these players right now There's not a lot of junkyard dogs that were on this team either. I mean, you could say Portis was a junkyard dog. You could say um, Anthony Edwards was a junkyard dog. But the rest of those guys were scorers. You know, Kessler, Portis, and Jackson, and Hart, and Bridges were the only guys that could really play defense. But they didn't play elite level defense to, you know, lock these guys up. I mean, if you look at all of these foreign teams, there were NBA players slash former NBA players on all of these teams. Like Canada, Canada, like Germany, Lithuania, you know, all of these teams had NBA players, the Bahamas team. You know what I'm talking about? So, you know, Luca was playing for his uh, team. You know, Giannis plays for Greece, but he didn't play this time around. Understandable. Giannis is focused on the season. You know, Giannis is on the way. I keep trying to tell y'all time and time again that Giannis wants revenge. I think this is going to be Giannis' season if he doesn't get hurt. But yeah, man, that's my thoughts on Team USA. I just feel like Steve Kerr's Golden State Warriors offense was not a fit for their opponents. And then it's just like the defense was just off the pick and roll was mediocre. Off the give and go was mediocre. The defense off of, you know, the defense was just disappointing, especially when it came down to the actual tournament portion. I'm going to say this. Team USA, they were fucking doomed. They were doomed from Jump Street. Now, I had thought that this was a good collection of players, but 
I just don't think that Steve Kerr tapped in. And, you know, I mean, it could be uh, the uh, the other guys on the coaching staff, too. But, you know, he was the head coach. So he's got to take some blame. The players got to take the blame, too. They weren't playing defense at all. Like, there wasn't much defensive effort, in my opinion. So, I mean... R.I.P. to Team USA's chances of winning gold or even silver. Crazy. Let's see what else is going on here. I mean... Some people were saying that there was a lack of depth. That, that the, the feeble the FIBA cats had depth. It was just um, Steve Kerr just failed to put together the right lineups. And I don't think Kerr is like Team USA head coaching material. So Germany and Serbia are going to play for the gold. Those are the two uh, teams that are going to the finals. Because Serbia beat Canada, who had many pro players on that team. That's crazy. Serbia didn't even have Nikola Jokic. Yeah, man. That's crazy. I will come back with whoever wins that game. And then we, you know, USA got to play Canada for the bronze. Canada got some pros over there, man. They got a squad. Trying to find the goddamn box scores. To see like who's who's USA going against. Let's see. Oh my. Okay, you got Kelly Olenek, RJ Barrett, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Dwight Powell. Yeah, Lou Dort, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Dylan Brooks. I mean, this is a good team, low key. Oh no, USA. Yeah, man, crazy. But all right, let's move on to the next subject of the day. We off those uh, Team USA bums. Let's 
So, according to sources, Rui Hashimura is expected to start over Christian Wood. Very interesting that the Lakers would start Hashimura over Christian Wood, but the Mavericks did play Christian Wood in a six-man role to start the season. And the Lakers definitely have depth. So I think Christian Wood would be more dangerous coming off the bench. Especially alongside Jared Vanderbilt. Damn. That front court crazy off the bench. So I get why. I mean, and then the Lakers want to get off, you know, the hot scoring because Hashimura came off the bench and was their guy. Now they got another guy that kind of plays like Hashimura without the handle, you know? So it would be Russell Reeves, Hashimura, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. But why are there reports saying that Anthony Davis will not play center for the Lakers? If they start Hashimura, then AD ain't got no choice. Strange. Chris Paul is expected to be a starter for the Golden State Warriors this season, and the team is looking to pop Paul in and out of the lineup, pause, in five-minute spurts. I mean, I... I understand what Golden State is trying to do, but you saw this shit fall apart in the Olympics trying to play small. Pause. I don't know, man. So, what if y'all gotta go against Jokic? Y'all gonna start Kevon Looney then? Because, despite Looney Looney not being a natural-born scorer... That dude gets to work on the boards. He boxes out well. He grabs the rebounds. He clogs the paint. He gets you six fouls. I don't know. We'll see how this shit works. I mean, they're starting Chris Paul only because, you know, if Chris Paul has to come off the bench, he's going to be disgruntled, and then he's going to want to demand a trade before... We actually try and see if this shit works. I mean, obviously, the lineup's going to be Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the small ball lineup has worked before, you know, but that was four or five years ago when it was a phenomenon and nobody else was doing it. Now, every team is emulating this game. So other teams know how to stop it and to defend it by just putting, you know, six foot ten up to seven foot whatever in the game to get easy points. But Golden State's counter usually is, you know, to trade their easy twos for easy threes. But the problem with that is all the shots are not going to be on. And then, you know, we've all been curious to see how Chris Paul and Steph Curry were going to play together because, you know, they have been rivals for years. 
and it's very awkward for a lot of Golden State Warriors fans. They don't really like Chris Paul like that. And understandably, they were very upset when they gave up Jordan Poole for an old-ass Chris Paul. And then, you know, they re-signed Draymond Green to all that money. All right, man. Let's talk some new music, man. It's New Music Fridays, ladies and gentlemen. And Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion finally dropped their new single, Bongos. <clears throat> the visuals came out. I love the visuals. The visuals was beautiful. Cardi and Meg, they had Cardi and Meg looking like runway models in that video. All the positions they were in had me licking my lips like LL Cool J. But here's the problem, though. The song sucks. Bongo sucks. It sucks ass. And it's no disrespect. I'm a fan of Cardi. And I like some of Megan Thee Stallion's songs. And respect Megan's whole, you know, you know, uh, discography, right? This is the worst song that I've ever heard Cardi B rap. Cardi got bangers. Cardi got bops. I haven't heard like a legitimately awful Cardi song until today. Like, cause when I, you know, it's not necessarily the lyrics of the song. The lyrics are fine. And their deliveries are okay. That's not necessarily the problem. I didn't care for the hook. But this is the thing that made it so bad. The beat. The beat was terrible. That sounds like those fucking beats I used to make on a Casio keyboard. Back in the day. Sounds like it was made... On a $30 beat machine. Like, come on. And it was the sound that was just throughout the song that was just so irritating. Bong, 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 Like, come on, man. Come on, dog. Come on, man. Come on now, dog. Both of these ladies can do way better than that. They both can do better than that. Especially Cardi, who hasn't necessarily missed, even though other publications would say that she did. Like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Like, ever since, well, I'm going to say that ever since uh, Invasion of Privacy dropped. Well, I'll say ever since Bodak Yellow dropped, that Cardi B hasn't had a bad record. Up until now. Because Bongos is trash. Like, the beat completely defeats the song, yo. But however, the visuals, the video, Chef's Kiss, incredible. I'll be watching that video on Merc. We gonna mute. We gonna mute it. 
Yeah, I'm just not a fan of bongos like that, yo. I just wasn't a fan. I didn't care for it. Um, I also listened to Nikki's uh, new single, Last Time I Saw You. This was a pretty good song. Not gonna front. You know, because Nikki has been off and on, you know, with the uh, with the songs and stuff, you know. I'm not a very big fan of hers. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. Um, I'm sorry about that. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I like last time I saw you. It's all right. It's a good pop record. And I think Bongos, they were trying to make an island record or something like that. But last time I saw you, was, uh, it's pretty good. Not going to lie to y'all. I listened to uh, Joyner Lucas's new record called 17. A lot of people are going to say that this sounds like typical Joyner Lucas. It sounds like the same old Joyner Lucas, same old flow, same old this and that. But however, when you have a consistent sound and you stick with that, it's what we're going to expect with the new project. I mean, he still hasn't released his new project yet. But 17 is a pretty dope song. I definitely like his storytelling ability. I mean, Joyner Lucas is one of the more underrated storytellers in current hip-hop right now. But it just seems like, you know, 17 is just consistent with all the other Joyner Lucas songs. Especially, like, the more upbeat singles. But the good thing is, you know, Not Now I'm Busy could be a a cohesive project. That's what kind of tends to happen when you put together an album. You got to have the sounds around the same level. You can't just bounce around unless that's your intention. Um, I finally listened to that Doja Cat song, Demons. You know what I'm saying? That shit was all right. The song is cool. You know, I already talked about how, you know, people were complaining about her pushing satanic images when the industry does nothing but push satanic images. So a lot of people are hypocrites that are mad. But, you know, she's switching up her sound. So, I mean, her album is supposed to be like an all rap album and you know from what i heard demons is the number one song in the world let me check billboard man that's what i keep hearing no that's not number one in the world whoever reported that is incorrect i knew they were wrong demons isn't even in the top 40 who reported this shit it probably might be number one at radio 
because Zach Bryan, I remember everything, is number one this week. And Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat is number three. Idiots. But anyway, I had to double check that just to make sure. I didn't want to report incorrect information. Um, let's see what else came out today. Oh, uh, BJ the Chicago Kid and Coco Jones dropped a song called Spend the Night. Um, you know, I'm gonna start checking out the uh singles that intrigue me from now from now on. You know, if there's anything interesting that I can listen to until the individual's album comes out, then I'll talk about it on future New Music Fridays. More time, more content. I know I know that's what y'all want. Well, at least the people that fuck with my show, at least. <laughs> but let's get into the albums of the day, man. I think... Oh, actually, no... Let's get into this BJ the Chicago Kid and Coco Jones. They released a song called Spend the Night. Coco Jones is making her rounds. And this record is definitely a pop record for sure. But it could be on R&B stations though since these are two R&B artists. But I definitely enjoyed that record, though. It's very cool, man. I definitely enjoyed it. It's a great listen, great singing, very catchy record, great songwriting. But all right, man, let's move on to the uh, releases of the day. So Tanache, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with her. You know, she's most famous for her record a few years back with schoolboy q called two on and she released yet another project and it's called bb slash angel hmm i mean i couldn't find anything on why she called it that but however she explained that she wanted to experiment So let's get into BB Angel. Let's go. All right, Treason. This was kind of like a mid start for me, in my personal opinion. No disrespect. But it was kind of a mid start. I didn't care for Treason that much. But Talk to Me Nice, that sounds like more of the Tanache that I know. That sounds like the hit-making Tanache that I know, because this could be a radio record. I think this was the first single off the project. And then, the next track, Needs, this was another single released for this project, and I think that she did the perfect thing by releasing this record as a single. It's definitely got that bounce. This shit definitely got the bounce, the dope lyrics, and it's just like, yo... Definitely enjoyed it here. Uh-huh. Yet another catchy record. So she's got three in a row going here. 
which leads me to Gravity, which is kind of a fast-paced record. It definitely it's definitely different and Tanache trying something different. I didn't care too much for Gravity like that. No disrespect. None of my business. Definitely a R&B contemporary song. Definitely has that early 2000s R&B sound. But it seems more album filler than top 40 charting. Tightrope is another experimental song. This was cool. I actually like this record. All in all, I mean, yeah, it only had seven tracks. I mean, according to my rule book, I mean, anything that's under like nine records is like an EP to me. Anything under nine songs. But since this is R&B, it kind of gets a pass. Like, I wouldn't allow rap albums since I'm more of a rap-based product than an R&B-based product. You know, I don't let, you know, rappers that come out with four-track EPs get into album of the year categories. That wouldn't be fair to people who put out full-length projects. But all in all, BB Angel, this is a good set of work from Tinashe. I would rank this in the middle of her work. But here's the thing, like when she put out the EP last year, her EP produced by Hitmaker, I think her and Hitmaker need to make a, a, a album together because she sounds perfect over his production. I didn't see Hitmaker produce anything on here. I think she would shine if she did a whole album just like her Nashe EP that she released last year. That would be a suggestion. I mean, don't get me wrong. BB Angel is a dope project. It, I would definitely recommend you check this project out. It's not bad at all. But it could have been a little bit, tiny bit better. Alright, let's move on to the next project. Killer Cam second season of it is what it is came out and then cameron dropped an album called the lost files volume one and we're gonna get into the lost files volume one it's actually eight tracks so technically by my standards it's an ep Let's start off with Run It Up. Ayo, Cameron was was bouncing, man. Cameron had that southern bouncing that he was complaining about. And ironically, a Dipset record comes on. A Dipset instrumental comes on. That's funny. But Run It Up, man. Cameron floated through this thing. And the flow was uncanny. Go and get it. This was dope. I definitely enjoyed Go and Get It. Critics. This was fire. Cam's rolling right now. Get mine regardless. This was okay. Just okay. Top of the pyramids featuring Styles P. It's good to see two hip hop vets on the same record, man. We need more of these. 
Top of the Pyramids is dope. Blow My High is kind of funny, man. This was a funny-ass song. I kind of get the concept of the record, and it was very catchy. Was it a great song? No. But did I enjoy myself? Yes. Shaking. Yo. I hope this is the right record, bro. I hope so, because if this is the record that I think it is, Shaken is probably the best song on here. Here's why. It sounds like vintage Cameron Dipset. It sounds like vintage Cameron during the heyday of Dipset. The B, Cameron's raps. It just takes you back to 2003, 2004 Rockefeller days. And then the the uh, final track, It's Only Money. I mean, I've already talked about this track a hundred fucking times on this show. I'm, pre- I'm probably thinking that you guys are tired of me talking about It's Only Money. You already know it's a five out of five for me. It, it, was, a, it was a song of the summer for me. You already know how I feel about it. All in all, you know, Cameron announced the Lost Files a while back. You know, he said that Mace was getting his publishing back from Diddy. So that's why he couldn't be on the album. So I'm pretty sure Cam's next project is probably going to be with Mace. But the Lost Files Volume 1, it shows that an old dog can develop new tricks. I mean, Cam's flow, you know, in the early days, Cam's flow got ridiculed. But if you actually look at the lyrics and actually hear what Cam was saying back in the day, it was pretty polarizing, in my opinion. I think it was dope. But this project shows, you know, it's the same thing as I thought of his last project with 8-Track, right? A more mature Cameron, a more lyrical Cameron... And this is one of the better projects released in 2023. I'm willing to go that far. So check out Cameron's The Lost Files Volume 1. And last but totally not least. Because I got one more subject after I talk about this next project. I don't know if you guys are fans of lyricist. Are you fans of lyricism? Let me tell y'all something. Conway the Machine and 38 Special released a project. They released a new project called Special Machinery, which is a playoff of both of their names. So Special Machinery. Let's get into this project. Intro. Oh, my God. The intro immediately alone got me excited. I was like, damn, these niggas is killing this shit. But... I had that reaction on every one of these songs. <laughs> now, yes, my preference is lyrical rap, but some people take that shit too far. 
with the lyrics and then they don't put dope beats behind it which can make some projects sound flat but that's not the case with Special Machinery which is produced in its entirety by 38 Special and Jimmy Dukes but the intro is exciting Latex Gloves with Lloyd Banks man the bars were just everywhere you had to play a game of trying to catch all of these punchlines that these three delivered. Last week, this was dope. Can't complain. Been through with El Camino. This was dope too. The title track, Special Machinery. I would probably say that this wasn't wasn't the best record on here but it's not a bad song fireplace i think that was 38 that was a very short record i wish it could have could have been a little bit longer pause good fellas with benny the butcher this was a great filler and benny the butcher had a standout verse on here his verse was crazy Unruly was pretty solid. Made Bosses featuring Imani. Yo, this record is fire. This is probably the best song on here. Hands down. I mean, if Conway the Machine like collaborated with more singers, bruh. He would his career would go to the next level, in my opinion. And the in the final track, We Outside featuring Shane Nior and Pharaoh Monch. This was fucking fire, bro. You know what I hate? I hate when a prominent lyricist is featured on a song and they only do the hook. Either they only do a hook or they talk at the end. You know, that's why I was kind of disappointed in the uh, Nas and 50 Cent track. But I can't stand when one of my favorite rappers or favorite lyricists, I should say, appears on a song and he only does the hook or talks on the intro. You know, Burner Boy did this shit twice on his album. Exciting me with Jizza and RZA. And they don't rap. Can't stand that shit one bit, yo. Shit pisses me off. And that was the case on We Outside with Shay Noor and Pharaoh Munch. I wanted Pharaoh Munch to have a verse. Can you imagine 38 Special, Conway, and Pharaoh Munch on the same song? Them dropping fire verses? Man, what could have been? But I definitely enjoyed this song, though. Shane New York does a pretty good job. I knew that was her when I heard her rapping because they frequently collaborate with her. All in all, 38 Special and Conway the Machine shows that lyricism is not dead. Which leads me to my next subject. But before we get there, all in all... I definitely enjoyed Special Machinery. 
I think it's a pretty dope project. Definitely one of the better uh, albums released in 2023. Definitely a dope-ass group project. And if you enjoy lyricism, bars, wordplay, and boom bap, Special Machinery is for you. If you don't, if you don't enjoy an album with no trap beats, this is not for you. Had to give a disclaimer on that. But last but totally not least, man, I saw the BET Hip Hop Awards uh, nominees and shit. And I was confused. So we got the full list. Let's take a look. This is my first time taking a look at the entire list. Let's take a look together, y'all. Let's take a look. All right. All right, y'all. I saw the lyricist of the year category and I fucking threw up. All right, so the BET Hip Hop Awards are going to be September 12th at noon on the BET website. Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. You can start voting on September the 12th. The show will tape in Atlanta on October the 3rd and will premiere on BET one week later on Tuesday, October the 10th at 9 p.m. Okay, let's take a look at the nominees. Hip-Hop Artist of the Year, 21 Savage, Burna Boy, Cardi B, Drake, Glorilla, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, and Little Uzi Vert. Burna Boy is not a hip-hop artist. He's an Afrobeat artist. But I guess since he's aligning himself with hip hop elites, you know, I'm pretty sure BET pushed for this. But Burna Boy is not a hip hop artist. He's just not. He's not hip hop. He does Afrobeat, reggae, alternative music. Even though Burna Boy hates being categorized as this. I don't understand it. Like, what the fuck, BET? Or EBT, I should call y'all. Okay. Um. What I mean, Cardi B hasn't done nothing this year but release one single. I don't agree with this. What has Cardi B done all year but do features and release one song that's hers? I love Cardi B, but come on. Drake. Um, all right. I'm not mad at that. Drake or 21 Savage. They both released an album. That's fine. J. Cole hasn't released an album. He's just done features. I don't know why he's here at all. Kendrick Lamar released an album last year how did he make it this year like k dot didn't really do anything in 2023 unless the hip-hop awards is going off of you know maybe mr morale and the big steppers was released you know not in time for this or something i don't know 
Lil Uzi Vert, I mean, the chart position, by the chart position, I completely understand. But I don't think Lil Uzi Vert really does hip-hop anymore. I think he just does alternative music at this point. But, I mean, he's categorized as a hip-hop artist. He did have a number one album released this year. I can completely understand. And then he had one of the bigger hits of the year. Even though I do not I do not like this guy, you got to give him credit where credit is due. Let's move on to Song of the Year. All My Life, Lil Dirk J. Cole, God Did, DJ Khaled, featuring Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, John Legend, and Friday. Just Wanna Rock, Lil Uzi Vert. Oh, yeah. I didn't give away on who should win that, but then again, that would be that would defeat the purpose of my own award show. <laughs> but anyway, let's move back on to the song of the year. Just Wanna Rock, Lil Uzi Vert, Players, Coy LeRae, Put It On The Floor Again, Lotto and Cardi B, Rich Flex, Drake and 21 Savage, Sitting On Top Of The World, Burner Boy and 21 Savage, Tomorrow 2, uh, Glorilla and Cardi B. Damn, that's a lot of songs in this category. And then to be honest with y'all, I wouldn't know like who to pick out of this bunch anyway. Because everything is set off weird. But um, these are some good choices for Song of the Year. Some of these are definitely Song of the Year material. Gotta give them some props for that. That was a pretty good setup. Hip Hop Album of the Year. Really? Anyways, life's great, Glorilla. Are y'all serious right now? This shit was okay, but... Anyways, life's great was... Not really that good. To me. To me. Uh, Koi by Koi LeRae. Are you serious right now? <laughs> God damn it. God Did by DJ Khaled. Ugh. Wasn't Khaled's best work to me. Her lost Drake and 21 Savage, understandable. Heroes and Villains, Metro Boomin, understandable. Jackman by Jack Jack Harlow, understandable. The Pink Tape by Lil Uzi Vert, understandable. Traumazine by Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, y'all. Like, what was the criteria here? Because there are some albums that are missing. Mad albums are missing, bro. I'm dead. I don't agree with this shit. Oh, yeah, I could just talk about the winners when they win. Fuck it. All right, best hip-hop video. Just Wanna Rock, Lil Uzi Vert, Players, Coyle Ray, Put It On The Floor Again, Lotto and Cardi B, Shake Something by um, The Baby. I don't know how Shake Something is a hit record, even though I understand the concept of ass-shaking record, but in my opinion, that song is fucking trash. Sitting on top of the world, Burner Boy featuring 21 Savage. That was a dope-ass video. Spin about you, Drake and 21 Savage. I've never seen that video. Damn, I gotta look at it. I gotta look it up. Tomorrow 2 by Glorilla and Cardi B. Alright, whatever. Oh, yeah, that video was fire. Best collaboration. All My Life, Lil Durk and J. Cole. God Did, DJ Khaled featuring everybody. 
players, Corla Ray, Princess Diana, Ice Spice, and Nicki Minaj. Put it on the floor again. Lotto Cardi B sitting on top of the world. Burner Boy 21 Savage tomorrow too. Glowerland Cardi B. A lot of the same old shit. All right. Impact track. 30 by Nas. I, I guess a track with Impact. All right. Nas got a... How the fuck did Nas get a, a, a fucking nomination for Impact track, but didn't get nominated for Hip Hop Artist of the Year? Didn't get nominated for Album of the Year? Doesn't make no fucking sense at all how Nas got snubbed out of those categories. All My Life, Lil Dirk featuring J. Cole, Anxiety, Megan Thee Stallion, that's fair. Can't win for nothing, Simba. Ooh, that was a wild card. That's what's up. Champions in LA Chopper. God did. Scientists and engineers. Okay, Killer Mike and Andre 3000 and Future and Aaron Allen Kane. Okay, that was a good pick. Therapy Part 2, Robert Glasper. Here goes that name again. Featuring Mac Miller. That's an interesting group. Best duo or group? City Girls, DJ Drama and Jeezy. Drake and 21 Savage, Earth Gang, Larry June and Alchemist, Quavo and Takeoff, and Ray Schremert. I have an idea on who's probably going to win that award. I I just hope that BET doesn't do the whole sympathy award thing for Takeoff. And then just lets the other people have a, ch- a, a, a chance as well. But I have a feeling they're going to go that route. No disrespect intended. Best live performer, Burner Boy, Busta Rhymes, Cardi B, Coyle Ray, DaBaby, Drake, Kendrick Lamar, and Megan Thee Stallion. I mean, we all know who this should go to. This should go to Busta easily. Busta has way better performances than all of these people combined. Yes, I gave away a winner and I don't give a fuck. Best breakthrough hip-hop artist. So is this rookie of the year? Armani White, Central C, Dolce, Finesse Two Times, Ice Spice, Cali, Lola Brooke, and Sexy Red. Oh, Lord, please don't let Sexy Red win an award. For Christ's sake, please, Lord. Lyricist of the Year. This is where I had a fucking problem. We're going to talk on this for at least five minutes. So bear with me. This is going to be a long show because I have a lot on my mind. And I'm going to promote the shit out of this episode. Bear with me. Lyricist of the year. I'm just going to go down the line and tell you why the fuck I don't agree. Lyricist of the year, 21 Savage. Are you fucking kidding me? 21 Savage is a lyricist now because he can rhyme? Let me ask y'all a question. Is 21 Savage on Ransom's level, lyrically? Is he on Conway the Machine's uh, level, which we'll get to? Is he on Benny the Butcher's level? Is he on West Side Gun's level? Is he on 38 Specials level? Is he on Nas level? Dave East? No. How the fuck is 21 Savage a fucking lyricist? Tell me. What rhyme did he say just made you go crazy? What pattern? What flow and haikus and similes and fucking metaphors did this man use to be considered a lyricist? Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of 21 Savage and I enjoy his music. But still, get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. Andre 3000, listen. Andre 3000 had one verse all fucking year, bro. Y'all acting like 
Andre 3000 is doing 100 features. And he hasn't even released anything either in so long. So how the fuck did he make this category? Burna Boy. Lyricist of the year. You should see my face right now. And the pain and agony in my fucking face right now. Burna Boy don't got no bars. Burna Boy makes great music though. But Lyricist? Let's move on, man, before I fucking have a heart attack. Next up, Cardi B. Are you fucking kidding me, bro? Cardi B is a co-writer, first of all. That defeats the purpose of the whole category. That she has writers helping her write her bars and her music. No disrespect, she admits it. So, we could talk about it and critique it. But lyricist of the year? Cardi B is not like that, bro. I'm sorry. And I'm a, like I said, I'm a diehard fan, but she is not a lyricist. Moving on. Conway the Machine? Absolutely. That's one y'all got right. So y'all got one right out of five. Drake? Get the fuck out of here. That nigga ain't got no fucking bars at all. He got great songwriting. He'll hit you with a bar now and again, but consistently like a lyricist? Drake ain't no fucking lyricist. He has ghostwriters as well. Y'all gonna get enough of putting niggas with ghostwriters in the lyricist of the ca- the lyricist of the year category. I can't do it. J. Cole, alright. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. He is a lyricist. Kendrick Lamar, I'm fine with that. He's a lyricist. So y'all only got three lyricists out of eight. Excellent. (laughs) Producer of the year. ATL, Jacob, ATL, Jacob, DJ Khaled, Dr. Dre. Okay, maybe that's probably for his work with Eminem or something. I don't know. What the fuck did Dre do this year? What did he produce this year? Other than whatever Eminem put out. How did Dre make this list? Hold on. Am I tweaking? What the fuck did Dre produce? Sorry, y'all. Okay, he produced the J. Cole song on the Dreamville soundtrack. Never End Up Broke. Okay. Okay, he did a few beats, but producer of the year, bro? No. Hit Boy? Absolutely. Hit Maker? Absolutely. K Tronda? Absolutely. I'm rolling with that. London on the track? Uh, I don't think he's produced anything lately. What has he done lately? Metro Boomin? Absolutely. The Alchemist? Absolutely, though. Alright, so they did better with this category. Video Director of the Year. I don't know who directs videos this year. I'm going to skip this. DJ of the Year. I'm probably going to skip this category, too. Best Hip Hop Platform. We all know the Hip Hop Platform's not going to go through that. Hustler of the Year. I'm not going to go through that. Sweet 16. Best Featured Verse. 
So this is the best feature of the year. Creeping 21 Savage, understandable. 21 Savage Peaches and Eggplants, great. Andre 3000, Scientists and Engineers, excellent. Cardi B Tomorrow 2, good pick. Cardi B put it on the floor again. Lotto, all right. Drake, oh, you went. Young Thug and Drake. Oh, man, absolutely. All My Life, J. Cole, yep. Jay-Z, God did, yep. This is the only category that they get a perfect 10 out of 10 for me. I see they didn't put, like, uh, Burner Boy in Best International Flow because he would have blew all of these motherfuckers out the water. I'm not even going to mention that list. All in all, I'm not feeling this shit. Like the lyricist of the year, I can't. And let one of those non-lyrical motherfuckers win that category. I'm going to be even more pissed and you will hear from me first. All right, man, I've been going a little bit too long. You know what I'm saying? This is King Known Uncensored. New Music Fridays. For the week of September the 8th, 2023, and I'm gone.